listeners, I'm Caleb Phillips, and you're listening to Partisan Voice. Uh, this episode, episode one, is going to be kind of like an introductory episode and an episode to introduce not only myself and the podcast, but also a little peek into my own political views and the way that I view uh, the current state of our country. Uh, so I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior in high school. Uh, I'm planning to attend the University of Northwestern uh, St. Paul next year and major in politics, history, and economics and then go to law school after that. So I have a pretty good handle on on where I'm going with this passion of mine, which is politics, and eventually I would love to become a politician, and I mean eventually the President of the United States, if, if we're being honest. Uh, I've, I've been interested in politics since 2019, and although some people would consider me to still be inexperienced in the area, which I agree with, uh, I believe that I at least have the ability to help you listeners understand more about politics and the way our government in America should and does work. Uh, so that leads me to the purpose of my podcast. So this is a podcast for discussion and editorialized current events. And I, I say editorialized uh, because I do recognize that I have my own biases. And that is why I call the podcast Partisan Voice. Uh, some people have mistaken this for me saying that I am the voice of my party or a voice of my party. However, what it really means is that I am a voice who recognizes that he is partisan and he has biases. Uh, regardless, I am hoping to be able to challenge your thinking and show different points of view than the ones that you may currently hold. I'm also planning on having guests on in the future, some of them being of the same political opinions as me and some of them being of opposite ones and we can have nice little friendly civil debate. Uh, I also have another podcast that I'm a part of called Plato's Corner, where me and my three co-hosts talk about all sorts of things, so make sure you go and check out that one. It's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, so before I talk about more specific details of myself and, and give you guys an introduction to my politics, I, I do truly want this podcast to be comprehensible to those of you listeners who are not politically minded, to those of you who may not be updated on the current political situation in our country or just don't keep up on current events, whether that's by choice or you just feel like you can't. Um, so I, I would like to give an introduction to the current political state of our country. So I always want to thoroughly explain an issue in simple terms before I get into it. So I... Uh, the, I'm going to start by analyzing the political beliefs of the people in our nation. So I think that there are six major categories that people can be divided into based on their political beliefs. And these categories can sometimes cross and intersect or, uh, you know, have two at the same time. Uh, but they are, three of them are directly opposed to the other three. So the first set of opposing categories that I would like to explain is Republican and Democrat. This is the one that you hear the most, you know, whenever there's an election, it's the Republican and the Democratic candidate. Uh, you're always going to have those two be the most talked about parties uh, and because they are the most major parties, honestly. So I'm going to explain the differences between these two parties, and I'm also going to explain uh, which one is, I would say, more accurately representing how America should work. Uh, now, I would like to say that I myself do not subscribe to either of these parties. Uh, I have not decided yet if I were 
if I am a Republican or a Democrat. Uh, if I was running in an election, I would run as a Republican because they are probably the one that I most subscribe to based on my other political beliefs, but I would not say that I am a Republican. So Republican and Democrat, the, the, these two parties are, are mainly focused on how the country should be run. Republicans think that the country should be more of a constitutional republic, and Democrats think that the country should be more of a democracy. Now, with this disagreement, I would say that I'm a Democrat, because Democrats believe in democracy, in other words, rule by the majority. So I think that if 51% of the country believes something, then that has to become law, because if it doesn't become law, the majority of the country is just going to do it anyway because they're, they're the majority, and the majority naturally has power. Whether we try to take that away from them or not, they naturally have power. That's why you see things like revolutions happening where the, the citizens will rise up against the government because the citizens are the majority, and they cannot be controlled by the government unless they allow themselves to be. So in that sense, I would believe in the principles of democracy, in the sense that, for example, our elections should be decided by the majority and our uh, laws should be decided by the majority. Uh, in, in another sense, I believe that we do have to adhere to the Constitution, which is what a Republican would believe. Uh, a Republican would believe that the Constitution should be the final word, no matter what the majority believes. So what a Republican would say is that even if we have 51% of, say, Congress, for example, uh, on the side of taking something out of the Constitution or adding something in, uh, we cannot allow that to happen because there is a reason that the Founding Fathers gave us the Constitution, and it's very important to America. So that's something I agree with Republicans on, that the Constitution still does have to be the final word, even if the majority does want to change it. Uh, however, in, in lesser things, such as elections, yes, elections are lesser than the Constitution, uh, in, in those things, I believe in democracy more than having that higher moral authority, simply because I, I feel like that's how it has to work, uh, not because that's necessarily how I would choose it to work if I had the choice on how things naturally worked. So the second set of opposing categories is liberal and conservative. So this is all about the Constitution, completely. Uh, it has, the liberal and conservative have become words that, that mean a more broad uh, idea. Conservatism, sorry, conservatism is basically the idea that the Constitution in and of itself is not only inerrant, but it is also, it should also be interpreted as it was originally written. Whereas liberalism, is the idea that we should take what was said in the Constitution and apply it to how the world works now. For example, the Second Amendment to the Constitution, which gives the right to bear arms to people, a liberal would say that uh, we should take that and apply it to now because now we have much more powerful weapons than the Founding Fathers ever thought we would have, and so we should change that and make it so that citizens can at least not own those sorts of weapons. Whereas a conservative would say, no, we need to interpret it as it was originally written. We need to say, 
they have the right to bear arms just in general uh and we can't apply that to now even if even if the the founding fathers weren't thinking that far ahead so in that sense i would subscribe to conservatism because i believe that we do need to interpret the constitution as it was originally written i believe that using that example again of the second amendment i believe that uh the founding fathers most likely did think that far ahead and realize, yeah, we are going to have those powerful weapons in the future, but we still want our citizens to be as well armed as our government. And that is for two reasons. The first being so that the government cannot push past their constitutional authority and become a tyrannical control over the citizens. And for the, the second reason is because if you have an entire country that is well armed, not just the military, then who's going to attack that country? No one. No one's going to attack a country where every single citizen is as well armed as the military, uh, at least not successfully attack that country. So the third set of opposing categories is libertarian and authoritarian. So this one is one that is a lot less controversial in American life, most American citizens are going to be libertarian by nature. Now, there are some who speak like they are more authoritarians. Trump was someone who spoke, who spoke like an authoritarian. Trump said things like, like, I'm going to make Mexico pay for the wall that I'm going to build on the southern border, stuff like that. That's very authoritarian. Authoritarian means that the government should have control over things, just in general. The government should have more control, a bigger government. Uh, whereas libertarianism is the government should have less control or almost no control over your everyday life. And the government should not be considered in your everyday life at all. Uh, so Trump spoke like an authoritarian. Trump did not act that way. Like he didn't actually make Mexico pay for the wall. He didn't, he didn't do things that were more authoritarian, but he spoke that way. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people in America will do that same thing. They will speak as an authoritarian on, on the left and the right. They will speak as an authoritarian and then not act that way. There are some politicians who will try to act in an authoritarian way. Uh, I would say especially on the left as uh, the left tends to be more authoritarian than the right. Uh, but it is all about the government's role in our everyday life. And because of that, I would subscribe more to libertarianism because I think that the government should stay out of the citizen's life as much as possible. And basically what being a libertarian means to me, uh, it's fully captured in the phrase, my rights stop where yours begin. So it's like, if I have a right to do something, uh, then that's great and the government should protect that. But if someone is saying that, that I should have the right to do something and that thing encroaches on the rights of another person, then that's not okay. So my rights stop where yours begin. And that's why I would identify as a libertarian first. That is my main political party. My second one would be a conservative. But something that conservatives believe that, and this is the reason that I am more libertarian than conservative, but conservatives believe that morality is the highest thing. Uh, that morality should be enforce using the government sometimes and that makes them more authoritarian than i would say for example something that i believe is morally wrong is gay marriage and because of this i i'm 
not going to let that belief affect how I think the government should work. I'm not going to say the government should legislate against gay marriage because I'm a libertarian and I don't think the government should have that power. So even though I have that moral belief, which is a very conservative moral belief, I'm not going to want to legislate that, which is something that a conservative would want to do. If the government were to legislate gay marriage, I'll just use this as an example, if the government were to legislate gay marriage, what would happen then? The government would then have power over who can get married to who. This could lead, with the wrong people in power, could lead to very bad places. For example, the government not allowing people with uh, physical or mental illnesses to get married or have sex with one another because that could lead to more babies being born who have those same traits. It's the same kind of thing that the Nazis did. So you can't, you have to have consistent standards. You can't say the government has control over some marriages and not others. Uh, so that's my main view on uh, libertarianism. It's the best option, even if it's not perfect. Uh, and that really does lead into the next thing I want to talk to talk about. So I asked my Instagram followers on my Instagram account, Partisan Voice, go follow it. Uh, I asked them what questions they wanted answered in regard to my political beliefs. And hopefully I'm able to show you through this uh, a little bit of what I believe, uh, even though I already have done that. So I'm going to go ahead and answer some of these questions that my, that my friends asked me. Uh, so the first question very much relates to uh, what I just said about libertarianism. And this came from one of my friends named Ilana. And Ilana asks, what are your thoughts on abortion? So I think this very much relates to libertarianism because a lot of people have asked me as a libertarian, Caleb, if you're a libertarian, don't you support a woman's right to choose? And my answer has always been, well, again, my rights stop where yours begin. The woman's rights stop where the baby's rights begin. So even though when you're looking at it from the wrong scientific perspective, even though it seems like it's the woman's choice, it's not the woman's choice because the woman uh, has less rights in this situation than the baby does. The baby's right to life is the highest right in this situation. The woman does, should, and does have rights over her body, but those rights are not as important as someone's right to life. You have, you have those, those tiers of rights. The, the highest ones would be the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as is written in uh, the Declaration of Independence. So those are my th basic thoughts on abortion. Uh, I'll probably speak more on that in the future if I do an episode debating somebody on abortion or discussing it with someone who is of the same political beliefs as me. Uh, I, I might talk about abortion in its own episode. Um, so the, th the second uh, question uh, is, what are your thoughts on socialism? This is also posed by the same one of my friends, Ilana. Uh, so first, before I answer this question, I'm going to define socialism. So socialism can be defined as a political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. And that definition is from the, the Oxford uh, Dictionary. So I'm going to break down that definition first. So 
a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Basically, what's that, what that's saying is that businesses such as factories or distributors like, like Target, uh, those should not be owned privately. Those should be owned publicly. Uh, this definition says owned or regulated by the community as a whole, trying to imply that they should be owned by the people. The problem with this is that nothing can be owned by the people because then what's going to happen? We're going to have division. We're going to fight over it. That's what people do. We're greedy. We're selfish. That's how people are. So really what would actually happen is that these businesses, uh, these factories, they would be owned by the government because the government is the only one that can step in and regulate that selfishness and that greed. So if if we have all of these businesses and factories being owned by the government, what's that going to lead to? It's going to lead to the government basically being in control of everything that we do. If the government can control what we buy and when we buy it and how much we buy of it, then they're controlling every aspect of our life pretty much. So it leads back again to libertarianism. The government should not have that much control over our lives. Otherwise, if the wrong person comes to power, very bad things could happen. So again, my basic thoughts on socialism, I might do an episode later uh, on that specifically. So the third question came from one of my friends, Evan. Evan was featured in an episode on my other podcast, Plato's Corner, where he and I had a, a debate about sex versus gender. And the question that he asks here is, are you pro or anti-death penalty? This is a great question, Evan. I'm very glad you asked. Uh, so am I pro or anti-death penalty? This is a question that I have struggled with, and I've struggled mainly with not letting my my religious beliefs affect it. I do allow my morality to affect my political beliefs, but I always like to have another reason. Because if I'm debating whether I'm pro or anti-death penalty with another Christian, as I am a Christian, uh, then I can bring in stuff from my religion and I can say, well, the Bible says this, so therefore we should believe that because we both agree on the Bible. But I also need that other perspective. It, because sometimes I might be debating with someone who doesn't believe in the Bible, who's not a Christian. And in that case, I would want a different reason to say why I am pro or anti-death penalty. So taking both of those into account, I'm going to give you both of my perspectives on the death penalty. I think that the death penalty should be a thing in our country. And I will give you my, my religious perspective first. My religious perspective is that power is given to governments in the Bible directly by God. Uh, so if I'm having that conversation with someone who is also a Christian, I'll bring that up. I'll bring up what the Bible says. Uh, if I'm talking to someone who is not, uh, Evan is, is not a Christian. He, he specifically states that in the episode uh, of the podcast uh, Plato's Corner where we had our debate. Uh, and so if I was debating that with him, for example, I would say I'm pro-death penalty because I think that that's justice. Justice is probably my main passion in politics, period. That's like the thing that I strive for most because I believe justice relates to our rights. I believe justice relates to pretty much everything that we do, but especially in our legal system, we have to have justice. If we don't have justice, the country will fall apart. So I believe that putting someone to death is just 
And I believe that because some, some people will say that the highest form of justice is rehabilitation. So prisoners should not be in jail or prison for punishment. Uh, they should be in there for rehabilitation. We should, the goal should be to release them back into society after we have changed their evil ways. Uh, and although I think this is true in some situations, I think that is just in a lot of situations where people have committed lesser crimes. But if someone commits a crime, for example, murder or rape, then I think that a higher form of justice is needed. I think that uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth should be the principle that we use there because justice can also be defined as someone getting what they deserve for their actions. And I think that that is very important in those specific situations, not only uh, because of the individual justice on that person, but seeing that will also discourage people from doing that. If we have the death penalty as a punishment for the more serious crimes, those serious crimes are going to be committed a lot less. So the next question, the next question came from another of my followers named Ruth, and she asks, do you believe there are savage and civilized peoples or just different cultures? I like your thought there, Ruth. That's straight out of the political compass test. Uh, so do you believe there are savage and civilized peoples or just different cultures? I believe that there are savage and civilized peoples, yes. Uh, and we really do need to have a consistent definition for savage and civilized if we're going to have this conversation. But I believe that some peoples are more civilized than others. And I believe that this comes with a the, the higher form of democratic government that you have, the more civilized you are. Uh, for example, uh, a tribe of Native Americans, when the Spanish peoples first arrived on this continent, uh, they saw these Native Americans and they called them savages. And the reason they did this is because their form of government, their, their, their rule within their tribes was a lot different and a lot less cultured, if you will, than their own. And the differences here were things like the fact that these, these tribes were uh, they, they had a very authoritarian rule. They often had a, a chief of the tribe who his word was final. Uh, he wasn't really elected or anything like that. Um, and also, they would often go to war with one another and slaughter each other vigorously uh, with no repercussions for that. No, no, they had no social systems in place where they had repercussions for that. So yes, I believe that societies in which deeds like that and and leaders can go unchecked are more savage than civilized, uh, just naturally. So yeah, I believe there are savage and civilized peoples. Um, and that's not necessarily a reflection on the intelligence or the, the merit of those peoples. Like, I believe that if the idea had been presented to those uh, cultures, that that they would have ex possibly potentially accepted that those ideas of democracy people who have logic as their at the forefront of their mind and who make their decisions based off of logic usually will go with that setup of society so yes i do believe that there are savage and civilized cultures 
so the next question comes from a friend and coworker of mine named Bo, and Bo asks, what is your favorite news source? Um, my favorite news source is The Daily Wire. Uh, the Daily Wire is a news source, the, the one that puts out the Ben Shapiro show, the Andrew Clavin show, Michael Knowles show, Matt Walsh show, uh, the Candace Owens show too. All of those very much like, very much appreciate and listen to on a weekly ba basis. Um, that's where I get my news. That's where I get a lot of my political beliefs from. I believe that it's, I mean, it's definitely conservative. That's a fact. But I believe it does correctly uh, show how, like, the things that are happening in the world. And I believe it's pretty unbiased in that sense. It definitely editorializes its news. Uh, but I think that it does strive to accurately represent that news. So that's probably my favorite news source. So the next question comes from my friend Jenna, and she asks, do you have any political beliefs that go against your party? Yes, I do. Uh, that, that might surprise some of you, especially the ones who have seen my political account and know uh, that I do hold beliefs that are typically very conservative. Um, but if we're saying that my party is the Republican Party, then yes, I do have, have many beliefs. I've talked about one of them. Uh, my views on morality and that it should not necessarily always affect the way that we run our government. Uh, another one would be that I believe that drugs should be legalized. And I believe this because I'm a libertarian. Uh, I think that there is no reason to illegalize drugs because they are not, the drugs themselves are not hurting anyone but the person who chooses to take them. And the person should have that choice. If the person does something under the influence of drugs, which causes harm to another person, that's a point that has been made that is counter to mine. But if someone does something like that, that is what they should be prosecuted for, not the drug use itself. If someone uses drugs in such a way where they cannot control themselves, that is also their fault. And if they do something, they should be prosecuted for that thing. But they should not be prosecuted for the drug use itself. So I believe drugs should be legalized, and uh, I might do an episode on that with... Uh, I have many friends who disagree with me on that, actually, because a lot of my conservative friends will also disagree with me on that. Uh, so I might do an episode on that in the future, but that's my basic belief on that. Uh, so uh, another question from one of my coworkers and friends named Perrin. Perrin asks, why not full libertarian? I don't know exactly what this means, um, but I assume he's asking, why do I identify myself as a libertarian before I identify myself as a conservative? And I kind of already explained this. I am not fully a libertarian. Uh, sorry, I'm a, I'm a conservative and a libertarian. And I would identify myself as a conservative too, because I do believe that the government should have some role in the way that we uh, live our everyday lives. If we have no government control, it's just anarchy. And with anarchy, what you get is a sav savage society, a society where there's mob rule and where people can do whatever they want and you get something that looks like Minneapolis in the summer of 2020 uh, where cities are burning down and where there's chaos because no one is enforcing the, the things, no one is protecting people's rights. And because of that, people are going to die, people are going to be enslaved, and people are going to not per be able to pursue their own happiness. So another question 
comes from my close friend Cicely. Cicely asks, who is a better president, JFK or Trump? <laughs> this one, I, I, I see a, a note of humor in this question. I don't know if it was meant that way. Uh, I, I believe it was, but I would say that you would be hard-pressed to find a president who was worse than JFK. JFK, he, he had his moments of, of goodness, but overall, uh, he led us into the Great Depression. He botched up some aspects of the war. Uh, he also put uh, Japanese people into things that were basically on the same level as concentration camps. Uh, so, no, I think that JFK is the worst president, okay, one of the worst presidents of all time, down there in probably the bottom five. Uh, I think he did terrible things. He had crappy policies. Uh, so, yes, I would say Trump was better than him. I'm not a biggest Trump fan. I, I said last night, I think it was, I told one of my friends, yeah, I support Trump, but I'm not a Trump supporter. Uh and what that means is like, I support his policies, I support what he stands for, but I'm not the type of person who's going to slap a MAGA sticker on my bumper and then drive around screaming Trump won. Uh, I'm not like a Trump supporter, like the typical Trump supporter that you would see. Uh, so I would say Trump was definitely a better president than JFK uh, because of his, in terms of his policies, his economic and social policies. So the last question um, comes from my friend Wesley, and Wesley asks, can you explain transgenderism? Again, I had an episode on this on my other podcast. You should definitely go listen to it. Um, so transgenderism is the idea that you can and should, if you want to, change your gender. Uh, and it's the idea that gender and sex are different. So that is an idea that I agree with, the basic idea that gender and sex are different. Sex is your biology, your chromosomes, the way you physically look. Gender is the way that society has, the, the, the systems that society has constructed around your sex in order to say, this is what you as a member of this sex should do, this is how you as a member of this sex should act or dress, or all that. That's gender. So transgenderism is the idea that you can change your gender. However, the, the point I would like to make here is that you cannot change your sex. That is the most important thing. We should not be arguing about whether or not you can change your gender if gender truly is a social construct. Uh, if, if gender truly is a social construct, then why do you have to put on a dress to be considered a woman? Doesn't that just normalize the same gender stereotypes? Uh, so the argument to be had is whether or not you can change your sex. You cannot change your sex. You cannot change your DNA. You cannot change your chromosomes no matter how much, uh, no matter how many hormones you, you inject into your body. Uh, you cannot change your sex ever. And if you cannot change your sex, then there's not, not really any reason to, to have, have this debate of can uh, people be transgender? Sure, they can dress differently. They can change their physical appearance to look more like the other sex, but they can never truly change their sex. That is definitely an episode that I will have in the future 
going further and deeper into that. And sorry, this one is actually the last question, uh, and it comes from my uh, ex-youth pastor, who I highly respect, uh, Mark, and Mark asks, why do political commentators love to create an us versus them mentality? I've seen this everywhere, in every single news source, uh, even in my favorite one, The Daily Wire, they do create an us versus them mentality. That is something I am striving not to do on this podcast. I don't want to create that us versus them mentality. Uh, as Ronald Reagan says, we don't have enemies, sorry, said, <laughs> we don't have enemies, we have opponents. And what he meant by this is the people in our country who disagree with us politically are not our enemies. They're our opponents. In other words, pe just simply people who disagree with us. Uh, and we should be able to have civilized discussions with them about why we disagree. Our enemies are people, what, what Reagan would say is that our enemies are people outside of our country who disagree with us and try to change our country because of those disagreements. People who are living in our country have every right to try and change our country because it's their home. They have every right to make our, their home uh, the way that they want it. Uh, that does not mean that we can't push back, but that is opposition. That's not enmity. So I would say that political commentators love to create an us versus them mentality because it helps them get ratings, honestly. It, it allows the people to experience a high level of emotion uh, whether that be anger, hatred, uh, something like that, against a group of people, which allows them to continue listening or watching uh, that political commentary because they want reasons to, for further reasons to oppose uh, that group of people. So I would say that's that's a bad thing. That's something I'm going to try not to do here. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the people I disagree with. Obviously, I'm going to say why I disagree with them. I'm also going to try to represent their opinions just as much as I represent mine. Uh, and in the, in the situations where I cannot do that, I hope to have guests on of opposite political beliefs who can accurately represent uh, the opposing side. So uh, this episode was just a taste and an introduction, if you will, to some of the content that you might be getting in the future. In future episodes, I'm planning to have on friends to talk with me, uh, and you can DM my political account if you are interested in that. Uh, I will also be coming to you with reports on current events and my views on the ever-changing political situation. Uh, so be sure to go follow my Instagram at partisan underscore voice underscore, and let me know if you'd be interested in being featured on a future episode of the podcast. And once again, thank you for listening. I'm Caleb Phillips, and this is Partisan Voice.